Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings. Greetings, everyone. It is that time on Tuesday here in the Midwest, being brown at work. Linda Talaferro, you know, I love this time of the week. Those of you that follow me know, I just love it. And I am so excited tonight, especially because of the guest that I have that's going to share tons of wisdom around the imposter syndrome. So let me get straight into it. No further ado, we have Dr. Bridget Leonard with us. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Leonard. What may have broken others, Dr. Bridget Leonard uses as building blocks to her next level of success. From certified nursing assistant to chief nursing officer, her passion for nursing is contagious. She is currently faculty for WC3, which we say Wayne County Community College, (laughs) as the president-elect education chair for ANA of Michigan. As a nursing leader with over 25 years of experience, her transparency, courage, and motivation to empower employees and mentees alike to know that anything is possible when you are committed to doing the work. As the founder and CEO of Bridget Leonard Enterprises, LLC, she tailors her efforts to helping people at all levels reach their highest potential through mentoring, professional development, coaching, and public speaking. From motivating the masses to team building and engagement to employee recognition and professional advancement opportunities, Dr. Bridget is sure to leave a mark on the hearts and minds of attendees through her speaking and nuggets of wisdom, which is why you guys now know why I had to have her on being ground at work. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Bridget Leonard. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no. Thank you for having me here. I, I'm really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. And I see you've got Dr. B in there in the name. Should we use that? I see you yeah, just, go that ahead. Yeah, just go ahead and use Dr. B. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's just get right into these nuggets of wisdom. So uh, when you and I met together to have our discovery call, and talk about what we were going to share with everyone this evening. Uh, imposter syndrome resonated with both of us, yeah. for sure. You know, how we can authentically show up. And I loved because I made the notes from our call. You used the word, get rid of that facade. Just get rid of the, having the facade when you come into the workplace. So can you, if you don't mind, share with me and share with those of us that have joined us, Was there any particular experience as you were a leader in the nursing field or you are today that 
really caused you to get into those false beliefs that really had the imposter syndrome rise up for you? You know, interesting question. I think a lot of it started with my own insecurities. As you can see, I'm a darker complexion, African-American woman. Um, my teeth, I recently had braces, but I had a huge gap. You know, I had the big lip syndrome. So I think that a lot of that started with my own insecurities about who I was. And I used to weigh almost 300 pounds. So, you know, I got all these things going on and I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. And I and I always felt that all eyes were on me. So it always made me strive to do, you know, I was the person that worked 12, 14 hours to make sure that things were done, double checking and rechecking again, because I was so insecure with my outside appearance that I wanted my work to shine through so that people wouldn't look at my outside appearance. And I think that that carried over as I rose through the ranks that carried over because today I sit in front of you with bright red lipstick on and I have my Nubian knots. That's something that I didn't do when I was in corporate America. It was usually a weave and I usually wore a lip gloss because I wanted to like fade into the woodwork. I really didn't want to stand out. And I remember there there was a time, you know, being at the table and in in a true executive role, um, say board meeting, for instance, that, that's a perfect example, because there were many times I was in a board meeting and I was the only person of color. And mm. then being that person of color and being a woman at that, sometimes I felt invisible because there were times when, you know, we would have an agenda. So I would come. Pre- of course, we had an agenda and I had to come prepared. And when I say prepared, I meant like overly, overly. <laughs> Yes. I don't think the other people that look at the agenda really, you know, I had to say, okay, what if they say this and what if they say that and be prepared to have this and be prepared to have that. So there were times when, you know, things came up and I would say something and it's like no one heard me. But my peer to my right, who had a fair complexion and was often male, would say the same Mm. flaws. And how did you think of that? I'm like, didn't I just say that? Was you know, am I invisible? Wow. It was things like that that at some point kind of shut me down a little bit because I'm like, you know, what's the point of talking if no one's gonna listen? Listen, yeah. But because of who I was and the role I played, I knew that I had to continue to find my voice, even if I felt no one was listening. I know that somewhere someone was listening. So I had to stop myself from going mute and continue to have a voice and sometimes speak louder. And there were times in other meetings where I would say something twice just to make sure that they heard it. Wow. So Dr. Bridget, let's let's talk about that a little more because I, I tell you everything you just said, I so resonate and connected. And I knew there was other things we had in common when we first met each other at another event when we were panelists. But, you know, being darker complected myself, I have braces too as an adult. So, you know, similar things. Good kudos to you because I'm still working on my weight challenges. But um, same issues. I have a lazy eye. There's other things too. And I had the same situation. So when you talk about the fact of not being heard, and you're in the conference room and you said the exact same thing someone else said, what, can, you, can you share a little bit about what helped you shift your mindset such that you were 
you were able to see an opportunity to overcome that such that you were comfortable speaking louder. Can you share a little bit about what really happened to help you get there to do that? You know what? I think it took a lot of self-reflection. It took me sometimes to look at the members in the room and realize mm. that I was Dr. Bridget Leonard at the table. There weren't that many doctors in the room. You know, I had 25 years of nursing experience. I walked the walk and did the talk. I was the expert. And I had to take time to claim that and accept that and be able to speak on it. So it took a lot in me, but it was like, you know, and it was so funny because once I accepted the role, once I accepted my role as the expert, once I accepted the fact that I was Dr. Leonard, I had all these years of education and experience behind me, it got to the point where after board the board meetings where board members will come up to me and say, that was a great presentation you did, or that was a great remark. But I'm so glad that, you know, because the Bridget 15 years ago, like I said, would have just shut down. But the Bridget today, you know, because I turned 50 last year and I just took on a whole different thing. It's like, you know what? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. I'm living each day to the fullest. I have all of this inside of me. I'm letting it out. And I, you know, and I'm sorry, you know, and I tell people, you know, don't confuse my confidence with cockiness. But my thing is, if I have the knowledge and I have the experience, I'm going to share it, especially if I'm knowledgeable about the topic and the subject. Why not? Exactly. And I I think for those of us that really suffer with imposter syndrome, it's exactly what you just said. It's the belief in knowing that we do know what we're talking about, that that's not. that's not fake. That's not by accident. That is because of your 25 years of experience. And so, you know, share a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, because um, you're a corporate dropout, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yes, I can see your excitement for there. But, you know, when you reflect on, you know, your corporate experience and having that imposter syndrome, do do you believe that that syndrome is just automatic for those of because I'm still in corporate. Is that something that you think is automatically going to happen to us, to women of color in the corporate environment, just by the nature of, for instance, everything you described, the boardroom experience, you know, the, the people of a lighter color making the same statements as us. Do you think it's inevitable for us to have imposter syndrome? What are your thoughts if you look back? You know, if I look back and, you know, when I think about my peers and us having these conversations, I think that everyone experiences, everyone of a, you know, like you said, black or brown experiences this, but it's how you embrace it, how you accept it as to how how far it will take you either off the path that you want to go or really put you on a path that you need to go. So, yes, I think that at one point in everyone's career that they will get a taste of that imposter syndrome because unfortunately, there's going to be someone in that room who are who's bringing their own biases and their own mm. beliefs to the table. Yeah. And, you know, that unfortunately, their home training, they can't detach from it. And a lot of times they don't even realize what they're saying. And it's like, you really don't understand that, that was offensive, right? right. You know? <laughs> I know. Isn't that amazing, though, Dr. B, for real? I mean, and and, and the people that are listening now, they know I always say who we are professionally, excuse me, who we are personally is who we are professionally. So your home training comment, so true. But it's amazing to me. I mean, how can you not know that that was offensive? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. 
But you know, a lot of times when you know when you're living, you know, we're in Michigan. When you're, you know, when you're raised up in in a suburban community with people that look like you, and you're not used to really experiencing life with people that look like me on a day-to-day basis, then you don't know what I experience on a day-to-day. You don't yeah. know those things, you know, because there was a, t- you know, I remember one time we were having a um, luncheon for our PCAs and, you know, automatically was, you know, I was like, well, we have to make sure that we give them lunch. And automatically the person said, well, we can order some fried chicken. What makes you think that we want fried chicken? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> So, I mean, just you know, and then you just, you know, taking that time to educate, yeah. like, no, we don't want a fried chicken because we already have issues with hypertension and so forth. No, grilled chicken, maybe, but not fried. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, Dr. B. Well, you know what I want to talk about now, and I want to dive into this article that I read recently. It's a Harvard Business Review article, and the title is Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome. And in particular, this article is a, is really focused on women of color, right? Quit telling us we have imposter syndrome. So I really would like to get your thoughts on a few of the, the art pieces of the article. So one area of the article says that, you know, we shouldn't tell people they have imposter syndrome because if you have confidence challenges, that doesn't equate to your lack of confidence. So stop telling imp- telling people you have imposter syndrome because your confidence is low because that does not equal lack of confidence. So we need to just quit telling them that. What, what are some of your thoughts about that part of the article? By, by the way, have you had a chance to look at the article? Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? Okay. And you know what? And that really bothers me because when people think about it, imposter, the term imposter syndrome has been around for years. Yes. And it's easier for me to go to another female and say, look, honey, we have to deal with this imposter syndrome. I got to make you a stronger you. I got to help you break down those barriers so that you can realize your, your potential. It's easier for me to work with a woman and knock down her barriers than it is for me to go to an organization and try to get through all those layers of management and policies and procedures and change things. You know, if I if I break down her barriers and give her a voice and then she can take that same the same tools that I've given her and mentor someone else to give them that tool, those tools, then we we can have a collective voice and we can all help to break down those barriers and those stigmas. But, oh, to just, I love that. but to just go and say, no, honey, you don't have imposter syndrome. It's all on them. But and not having a plan to deal with them is, is no, I think that we should start within and exude it out. I, I love that because that's exactly make a wonderful point, because the article does kind of say that it says that, you know, forget the women. Don't go and tell them or say anything to them fix all the other stuff. You make an excellent point, Dr. Bridget, because how long will that take? And to your point, pulling back all those layers at every corporate organization, every policy, every procedure, every individual, every, I mean, goodness gracious. But if we start with you helping me and, you know, reaching back and across and and extending the olive branch and helping each other, 
become stronger in the process and getting, you know, even helping them do the reflective look and say, yeah, remember you did kind of question yourself or you did shrink back a little bit. Let me help you to your point, not do that. Let me help you speak louder. Let me help you use your voice. Let me help you see the value that you have. I love that perspective. That article kind of bothered me a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what are you saying? I knew I had imposter syndrome and I got over it now. <laughs> Exactly. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, because I think your point's very valid that you mentioned earlier. It's probably a natural thing that's going to happen. And it just it comes with uh, the environment because that corporate landscape can create that in us. Right. Well, we just take a minute to second guess or take a minute that makes us take. Well, wait a minute. Maybe not kind of thoughts. Right. But it doesn't necessarily completely strip away our value. Not at all. I mean, we're human, right? Mm-hmm. Done to be, we're human. Right. And so, yeah, it's natural to have those second those, those second thoughts, those second guesses. So can you share a little bit um, as, we're, as we're continuing to talk, talk about what, if you, if you were to reach out right now, so we've got some, some, some women listening to us, you're reaching out, you're speaking to them. Are there like three to five things that you would say, hey, girl, I need you to think about this or, you know, keep in mind this? Would you have some things you'd like to offer? Um, Sure. I think first and foremost, you know, know your worth. Know what you bring to the table. You know, no one can take that from you. Um, Second, you know, I'm always about, you know, living your best life and living your best life may not be having that corner office or six figure income. Having that best life is merely doing the things that make you happy, the things that put a smile on your face. So remember that. Um, I think point number three is look in the mirror. And have a conversation with that person looking back at you. Constantly tell them how great they are. Applaud yourself on the back. You know, I tell people all the time, it's okay to pat yourself on the back. Everybody's not going to always pat you. That's why you got two hands. Pat yourself on the back. Um, number. I love, okay, I'm right. sorry to interrupt you, but I love that, Dr. B. You said that's why you got two hands. Yes, pat yourself on the back. Um, point number point number four, find your voice. If you feel that someone has said something to you or done something to you that makes you uncomfortable, you know, I'm, I always tell people that, you know, when I was in corporate, I would, before I left that day, I would have a conversation that, with that person that made me uncomfortable because I'm not oh. taking, I'm not taking all that baggage home with me. I already got enough stuff to take home with me. I'm not taking that baggage. I'm going to leave, I'm going to give it back to you so that you can deal with it. I'm going to let you know what's on my mind you deal with it. I, I don't want it. I'm not taking it home with me. And then um, if, you know, find you some friends. One of the things I found and mm. you know, one of the things that I found was that oftentimes it was people that look like me, my sisters, that had the biggest problems with me. And it's like, boo, it's enough room for us all at the top. I really believe the mountain top is flat. I don't think it's a peak. I think it's flat and anybody and everybody can stand on it. So stop trying to act like crabs in a barrel and pull each other down. Let's push each oh other gosh. up to support each other. So let's find, you know, find that sisterhood and, you know, be able to vent to that girl, a friend, and be able to give her some tips and some suggestions. Don't just, okay, I'm the, I'm the CNO and I have this title, you know, mm. I'm still I'm still Bridget. I'm still Dr. B. I'm still the person you knew 15 years ago. Don't don't just leave me hanging out there by myself. I need your support now more than ever. So 
Oh my gosh, Dr. B, that is so true. I often say, you know, uh, Burger King didn't close down, or McDonald's didn't close down when Burger King came, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's Wendy's, there's churches in some places, there's Kentucky Fried Chicken. There, We all can eat. Yes. I mean, it's, there's enough for all of us to eat. The crabs in the barrel thing, I will t- it's, it's unfortunately so alive and well. And I absolutely agree with you, uh, which is really part of the mission and vision I have for this broadcast is to help, I mean, another brown or bl- black or brown sister get to that next level, whatever that rung is they're looking for. The other piece I love you gave is do what's your passionate, what makes you happy. A lot of times we are title chasers, right? Yes. You know, we are so, we think that that with that we, we can put on that bombing, if we can make our business card bombing, you know, we pass it out, that that is everything. And somehow that's our value. When business cards people either throw away or they end up, I got a stack <laughs> of them. That, you know, you get them all the time. And so I, I'm so glad you that those were part of your your five nuggets because it's so it's so critical for us to shift our mindset around um, things like that, and that will help because someone one person has commented already that she finds that her imposter syndrome grows as she evolves in her career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we tend yeah. to say, okay, wait a minute, I got this next level opportunity, or I got a bigger scope. Wait a minute, hold on. Am I really supposed to be here? Yes, you are. And yes, you are. Sometimes you even pass up opportunities because you don't feel like you're the you're the most qualified, or you feel you don't feel like you're ready. Yeah. And so I say, take the opportunity. The, at the at the very least, you can go to that person and say, you know what, maybe this wasn't for me. But you don't know what's not for you if you don't try it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Doctor B, this has been as I knew it would be. You know, I knew it would be just phenomenal to get your wisdom, your nuggets based on your experience in an industry that, you know, I would say is still challenged, like my industry, with seeing more people like you and I that look like you and I, right? And you rose mm-hmm. to those high ranks in, uh, in an industry that's extremely highly technical, STEM-oriented, and challenged and uh, te- heavy technically. And so kudos to you for leading in that space. And then also what you do in your business uh, to help other people be successful and to have um, have a fabulous life. So thank you for spending time with us this evening. And uh, if any of you, if you want to reach out to her, you know, you can reach her through the, we've got all of the information. We're going to share her website, all of our other information for Bridget Leonard's Enterprises. Any of you need a speaker, here's your person. You need to reach out to her and have her come share some more wisdom and nuggets. Take care, everyone. This is Being Brown Live. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Dr. B. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.